0: everyone, welcome back to Chatty Cathy. If you're thinking, that doesn't sound like Javier, that's because it's not. I'm his pretend co-host, Savannah Hetzler, and today we're talking about media, conversion to the faith, and intentional relationships.
1: Welcome back everybody, Chatty Cathy, uh, back at it again with another episode, and I'm here with my very good friend, Savannah Hetzler. That's how I pronounce it, right? Hetzler? Yes, Okay. correct. Savannah Banana Hetzler, Savannah as she Banana. is in my um, phone. Savannah Banana. That's that's the way I had to remember it when I first met you. I was like, Savannah Banana, Savannah. Because like I'm kind of bad with names sometimes. So I had to like put something attached to your name to remember it.
0: There you go. And You still need that to remember? No, I, I just think sometimes. it's
1: funny. I just think it's funny. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but anyway, um, how about you start with just... A little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What are, you, what are your likes and interests?
0: Okay. Um, I am a senior-ish at Missouri State, uh, meaning this is my fourth year of college, but I'll have to go an extra year. Um, my major is marketing and advertising, uh, which is fun. I enjoy doing cam- camera work mostly, um, some social media, but mostly videography, photography, stuff like that. Uh, I'm from a little bitty town in northeast Missouri called Munro City. Um, population 3,000 ish. Uh, but mm. but I really love it there. Very um, nice. Yeah.
1: What is a. If you had to pick one hobby that you like to do a lot, whether it's reading or, you know, sports or something, what would you pick? Mm. It could be going to Mass, too. I mean, that's.
0: Um, I don't know if this is considered a hobby, but just like, I don't know, just hanging out, just like
1: that's a thing. I
0: don't know, like just sitting outside or like going to the park, going on a walk. I also really love pickleball and cornhole. I can mm-hmm. like geek out over those two things. Um, but those you have to have people to deal with. So
1: right, well, how how far away is that town from St. Louis? So like,
0: like two hours.
1: Two hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be a little bit of a trip, but um. I have been told by my parents that we have a lake house that I'm allowed to use. Oh, There's pickleball courts there. Let's
0: go. So if you
1: want to hang and we can get a group together and play like pickleball. That would be so fun. I would you love know, that. There's a lake there, like a five minute walk from it. So like we can make it a weekend or something.
0: That Sounds amazing. So Count me in. Over
1: the summer. <laughs> All right, good, good. Noted. Leah actually was talking to me about that just yesterday about saying like, oh yeah, do you have pickleball invite me? I was like, oh
0: yeah. That'd be that. so fun.
1: That'd be freaking fantastic.
0: CCM reunion over the summer. Over
1: the summer. Yeah. June. June would probably have to be it. Yeah. Because I'm gone in July.
0: Yeah. Spain boy.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna be gone for a month and a week. Just about. That's wild. It's crazy. I'll be back. Like, I'll leave the 30th, come back the 4th of August, 30th of June, leave.
0: It's going to be so good for you. <laughs> oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to so be fun. fantastic.
1: I'm actually going to be able to, like, hopefully actually speak Spanish with, like, rock and <laughs> nacho and people like that.
0: Yeah. Good.
1: Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, so, you know, elephant in the room. One of the main reasons I want to talk to you uh, is that you are a young convert to mm. the faith. So what was it? You know, I talked to Doc earlier about being an adult convert. Mm-hmm. Um. And typically, you know, I, I you know, I wouldn't know really experience-wise whether one is easier than the other. You know, obviously, it's a process throughout. Um, but I would assume as a young person, converting is, a, I guess, a little bit more strange, per se. Because when you're an adult, you're an adult, mm-hmm. you're making your, like, totally on your own. These are my decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know, what other people say. Right. But when you're, you know, still relatively young and still maybe have, like, your parents influencing what you're doing and all that stuff, I'm just interested... What um what your process was for um coming into it, how you were exposed and
0: yeah, all that. Stuff. So I was uh, either eighteen or nineteen, <clears throat> probably nineteen when I joined. So if you would have asked me then, I would have considered myself grown. Looking back now, <laughs> maybe not so much, but uh, I definitely thought I was an adult then. Um, but. There's no there's no quick way to sum up my conversion story because I mean it was forever long, but uh when I was like fourteen I started is when I started going to church um with my grandparents. It was a Baptist church. Um and I mostly went because they had a really nice youth group there. So that was kind of where I was exposed. Um and I would go on mission trips with them every summer. And that's where I like started to understand like Christianity and the love of Jesus and like what it had to offer, mm-hmm. um, and what I what I was supposed to be offering it offering to it, um, and then late high school I started going to a non-denom church, um, which was nice, um, and then I got invited to go to a Catholic Bible study, um, and all my friends were going, so that's that's the main reason that I went, and I also just had the desire to to learn about Jesus more, um, and so eventually probably many times. Uh, my Bible study leader invited me to mass and I finally went and I don't know. The rest is history. I just like fell in love with the, the reverence and like, especially with the Eucharist, like I had no idea what was happening and I was so confused, mm-hmm. but just, I could tell that there was just this great sense of reverence, <clears throat> this great sense of reverence. And uh, yeah, that really just intrigued me to be like, what is happening?
1: Right, and look into it.
0: And the rest is history. I mean, I don't know.
1: How long have you been Catholic?
0: I joined in November of 2020. So oh, quick math, couple years. Three, three-ish years. Yeah, yeah. Two, two and two and a half.
1: Two and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very nice. Thanks. Amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that. That's fantastic. I didn't know that there was that recent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was 19. I'm 21 now, so.
1: Love that. That's fantastic. What um what kind of if there are people young that are at least thinking about looking into it, what were things that helped you that you would offer as like advice to those who are thinking about joining the Catholic Church or just thinking about learning more about it and even for those, you know, things that did help you, what can we do um as already Catholics that we can maybe help those and guide those people mm. who are interested.
0: Um the most beneficial thing for me was to just ask questions cuz there's a lot of things that from the outside coming in make like zero sense. Um so ask a lot of questions. Um and I was even a little like I was even a little like hard-head, hard-headed coming in asking those questions like stubborn like, "Oh, you guys should prove to me why this is right, and you know what, people did so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think on the other side of that, I would say, um, just be open to answering people's questions. Don't like, don't like try to push it too much on them. Like, be loving and be patient because they probably will be a little stubborn because mm-hmm. it's it's weird, and honestly, it's it's a fairly unliked. Um, church by a lot of people. And so there is some bitterness, I think. And so just being patient and loving people through that. And just yeah, answering whatever questions they have. And if you can't answer those questions, just direct them to some resource or some person that that does know the answer.
1: Right. Very nice. Um how is being uh at this college campus ministry, um, I know that this how long have you been doing stuff here two years
0: almost two full years yeah, almost two full years so mm. almost
1: you almost your entirety of being catholic um
0: yeah what is it how because... do you think
1: how do you think it's been helping you like grow how do you think this newman ministry has been able to aid you in your faith formation or just even friendships in general mm, yeah and and going off of that after that how do you think we can continue to grow in that fellowship with another and yeah stewarding to those things
0: yeah, I think coming from a parish, um, parishes and Newman centers are are similar, but they're a lot different because at a parish, everyone's like living the same kind of lifestyle, doing the same things. Um, yeah, but coming here, everyone's like on their own track. Everyone's just, everyone's, everyone's searching for something here. And I think the beautiful thing about college students in that searching is that they're willing to to grow and get out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. so that's been a really that's been a really nice thing here and I'm trying to um, really appreciate it uh, this year and the one year that I have left because I know going back to a parish there's not as much as that like growth mindset um, so I'm trying to soak up that while I'm here and possibly take that back to a parish yeah um, where else was I supposed to go with that question?
1: How do you think we can, uh, what are some ways we can continue to do that and steward to those people who want that growth mindset? How can we, mm. you know, what are some ways that we can make that a present thing in uh, our college ministry?
0: Mm. Yeah. Whether uh, it's something
1: we need to do more of or something brand new that we haven't been doing. You know, you're a peer minister now, so you, yeah. have, you have some, oh. uh, what is it? uh
0: Authority. leave
1: yeah, leverage. Leverage. <laughs> Not
0: necessarily authority, but some say. You have a yeah. Um yeah, I think here at CCM we have like we have we have so much good stuff. We have we have weekly Bible studies, multiple of them. We have the sac- sacraments regularly, we have faith formation, we have <clears throat> like um adoration nights and mornings. Um and and we're we're stepping into a little more of like the fellowship side I think um which has been really nice but just like a tip i would give to like any community honestly is just uh living living life with each other it's not just about like like going to mass is obviously like the most important but like do things outside of that go to go get ice cream with um your your friends that are you know, also a Christian, um, and on on a similar path. I don't know. Just like be there for people, be willing to sacrifice your time, um, to to do things that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but for the sake of someone else. Yeah. Just I don't know.
1: Be be a person to them. Yeah. But I'll, you know, with that, like it doesn't necessarily need to be like a, a faith focused thing. Yeah. But obviously that will entide, you know, obviously hopefully your faith ties to everything that you do in the outside world. Yeah. So even if like you're playing volleyball or something with people, that's not like a, a faith formation thing.
0: Exactly. But
1: you know, everything that you do comes from the faith. So you tie in like the way you act and.
0: Exactly. You know, just being there. Yeah. At our Bible study yesterday, we just, we just did a, a focused Bible study called, um, in the dust of the rabbi. And it talked about how like, you you don't need to just learn the rabbi's teachings. You need to learn how the rabbi lives his life. Um, you know, how he wakes up early and prays, how he, you know, what just how he lives his how he lives his life day in and day out. I think is really important to embrace that with each other, not just what we can teach each other, but
1: mm-hmm. how we live. Yeah. yeah. I liked going back a little bit what you talked about, about bringing that growth mindset to a parish, Mm. um, because oftentimes, you know, when you look at the demographics of parishes, they are, um, if there are like young adults, it's typically like, you know, young adults who have had, you know, had a job, graduated, Mm -hmm. potentially even have like a young family. Right. And then you have your, you know, your grandpas and your middle aged people, because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we are here. We're at school. We're at college. We're figuring things out. Right. Um, But even potentially, you know, going there and being that growth mindset person, like if there's no youth ministry there per se, or not a good one, you can be that person who will go up to that priest, uh, who's pastoring there and saying like, Hey, I want to be able to start a high school, um, you know, youth group or Mm -hmm. something and be that person. I would love to be, uh, that person at whatever parish I go to, if there's not one there, or at least be actively involved in the one that is there, um, 'Cause youth group for me in high school was such a big way of understanding that of making my faith my own thing. Cause it was at that point where it's like, this is mine and I'm gonna make it mine.
0: Yeah. So I like that. I do too. And that's that's hard. It's sacrificial because going into a place where like people are comfortable. And and even here where people do have a growth mindset, like people have to be pushed out of their comfort zones, but you have to be willing to be that person. And it takes time, it takes energy, it takes knowledge. You need you have to, you know, learn how to do things that you've never done. But like for the kingdom it's worth it. And like Jesus wasn't back to the dust of the rabbi thing, like Jesus wasn't calling his disciples to like be stagnant in their faith. Like Catholicism right. shouldn't be stagnant. Like there's always more to learn. There's always
1: Ways to grow and
0: ways to grow and- like within yourself, within a community. There there are so many people who like don't even know the Lord. Like, we, for the sake of salvation, like, we should be out there, like, I don't know.
1: Talking to them about it.
0: Talking to them. Our desire, our desire to get people to Jesus, I think, could always be stronger. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I know that that stems from, like, that cultural uh, stigma of pre-being preachy is never something that people like. And it stems from also just a lot of bad examples of people doing it, you know, In Mm -hmm. a non-tender, loving way, like the way Jesus did, Mm -hmm. and, you know, being way too condemning about things. Right. You know, you have to meet people where they're at.
0: Yeah, exactly. The same way
1: that Jesus did when he, you know, for crying out loud, he called Peter away from being a fisherman. Mm -hmm. Like, he was like, he was right there where he was at. Mm -hmm. So it's having that tender, loving conversation and guiding. Yeah. Instead of, you know, because nobody's going to do anything that they're, you know, forced to and actually like. Yeah. Like it. Most of the time, I'm sure you'll find that one person where it's like, yeah, I was forced to do this and I freaking love it, but
0: yeah, no, <laughs> that's not
1: probably going to happen no. yeah, meeting nine people, times out of 10. Meeting
0: people where they're at is super important, but it's also really difficult. It takes a lot of patience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Especially if it's in some place totally different right. from where you're at. Right. So well, it's a very interesting experience to do that. Yeah. Um, have you ever, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, um, but it popped in my brain now have you ever discerned religious life at any point in your life when you no. have went being the few years that you've been Catholic? Have you thought that that's a possibility or what What do you, you know, in vocation wise now that that's been like an active thing?
0: Yeah. So I haven't really been, well, for a while I wasn't introduced to it at all. Um, and then someone would mention it or I would come here where people are like actively discerning, their vocation, and I'm like, oh, I should probably be doing this too. Um, right now, I don't feel super called to religious life. I feel called to having a family and being a part of a parish um, and kind of bringing this growth mindset and this, like, yeah. this, like, energy that I think is lacking in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like I have to, I, I feel like I can offer that. But, yeah. I mean, I've considered religious life. I try my hardest. I really do try my hardest to be open to it. But it's not something that I am super familiar with or see a lot. Right. Whereas I see married couples every single day. Mm-hmm. And so I know what that looks like. So, yeah, that's a good question. I should I should discern more. And I should be open to all of the options. Yeah. Um.
1: Something that my mother has said over and over again that finally clicked in the past uh, two years that I've been here, um, you know, tribute to her being patient with me and being a good mother, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was continuously talking about like having my arms open to whatever God needs to give me. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and that's, you know, that's the whole surrendering, that illusion of control that you have. Right. So it's like keeping my arms open and I will take whatever God gives me, whether that is you know, that desire to be married or whether it is he instills in me this other fire for mm-hmm. um, being a priest or in your case, a nun at that point. But yeah. even then, I remember you know, something Father Bibbin told me was that if you had that fire that was given to you by God to be a priest, to be a nun, like everybody should look at those things and be like, that's something that's desirable. Yeah. Like I should look at Father Bibbon and like be like, you know, I'd like being a priest is something that would be, you know, cool and something that I would like you know, want to do at some point. Yeah. But when, you, if you're like actually called to it, you have this fire that won't be like a fizzling in and out. Mm-hmm. Like every now and again, I'll be at mass and I'll be like, man, being a priest would be something else, you know, like being able to pray every day. Just and like that's, that's my job where mm-hmm. it's like I'm constantly there for other people and all that stuff. But like in those instances, it's there for a little bit. But then, you know, like you refocus on other things. Like I'm going to school for, exercise science potentially you know and you know probably going into dentistry after this and i'm Mm -hmm. dating leah and discerning that relationship so you know being able to sacrifice that control and being open to whatever he needs you to do is just Mm -hmm. that is probably the best and biggest first step that you need to take. you just be open yeah and then he'll event you know you'll eventually figure it out and you're gonna you're gonna know yeah Um, and even you know and it's not to say that your inklings of like i don't feel called to it are, you know, a bad thing, it's like, I don't... He instilled in that on mm-hmm. you, obviously. Right. Um, but there's just the, you know, even in whatever vocation you are, it's, like, going wherever he needs me to go. Yeah. Because I know some people who become, you know, they want this particular order of nuns, but it's, like, but I was taken in this direction, so I'm in this right. particular instance.
0: Yeah, I think also lifelong vocations are obviously very important to be discerning. But I think even just, like... Every single day when we wake up, something I like to pray is like, "Here I am, Lord. Like, like, where do you want me to go? Send me there." Yeah. Um. Today. Today.
1: Right. Because tomorrow Cause like, I don't know. I'm not, not. I might not make it tomorrow.
0: And you never know who you're gonna encounter, and you never know like, like even what min- ministry he's gonna lead you to today. Yeah. And so I think
1: just living in the moment and being present.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And like go and like, and like answering when he calls you to go somewhere like. Do it. If don't it's be hard, a Jonah. Don't run away. Yeah. If it's hard, which it probably is going to be, like, just do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: answering that day-to-day call, I think, is equally as important as a lifelong vocation.
1: Right. And um, you get to that lifelong vocation through your day-to-day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get, you know, because even that lifelong vocation is still day-to-day. Yeah. Because it's not like I'm going to have this, I can't live... The entire year of my life at one point. I need to live it right now. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, you know, good perspective. And I, you know, process to have where it's understanding I could, I could go anywhere that God needs me to be, but I need to be open Mm -hmm. to whatever he gives me and to wherever I need to go.
0: Yeah. Good stuff.
1: Great stuff. (laughs) I love that. I love, I love um, discernment and vocations. I remember my youth group leader was the first people uh, Liz and Brian were the first two people who taught me, uh, who really taught me the word. I'm sure I heard it everywhere else, but they were ones who really taught me what discernment was. Mm-hmm. And it's become probably my, my favorite word yeah. that I love using when it comes to the faith. It's like discerning because it, it you can discern anything and everything when it comes to life and the faith and everything yeah. that connects with that. So Very important. I love that word. Speaking of discerning, though... Um, you have discerned, at least at some point in your life, that you really like to take photos and videos, <laughs> and you have a you have a photography business or a film business, right? Small business. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: make money from that every once in a while. You want to
1: plug it? What is it? I it
0: business. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't have a name.
1: Uh, oh, brainstorming names. Then. Yeah, okay.
0: brainstorming names. If you have any ideas, um, <laughs> I don't know. I. 2020, about the same time I was considering becoming Catholic, um, is when I started, is when I got my first camera. Um, but yeah, that that's just like my outlet to be creative, I think. Yeah. And what's becoming really beautiful about it is that um, I'm able to use it for the church. Like, I just um, got accepted to be the media and communications peer minister at CCM next year. And while I'm excited for like the actual media part of it, I'm mostly excited to use this outlet uh, to reach people, to reach people with the gospel and like the good news that maybe don't walk in this building.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, with media, I mean,
1: it goes everywhere.
0: You can watch Instagram reels from like a different country. Yep. So yeah. Super excited about that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's cool. What uh I mean, I know that it's uh, you know, very early on the little startup thing that you do, but what the uh, struggles or things or like advice that you can give to those who like maybe have that passion for something and can potentially turn it into a small side hustle, as they call it, or something like that?
0: Um Yeah. I mean, just do it. <laughs> just start like you're probably not going to be good at first, but I don't know. You're never going to be as good as you want to, but that's just the growth mindset of, like, like I'm never going to be... How do I word it? Like, I look at these photographers online and I'm like, wow, they're so good. But I could look at that and be like, I can't do that, so I'm not going to do it. But, like, those photographers were once Little Savannah in 2020 who didn't even know how to operate a camera. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just do it. Just start. Don't compare yourself to other people because comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And as far as like a small business or side hustle, that, uh, that takes a lot of work. It, you got to get out of your comfort zone. I have a cleaning business. Funny enough, it's weird. It feels <laughs> weird that I have a cleaning business because I'm not passionate about that at all. Um, but like... I, I had to do some really uncomfortable things uh, to get business. Like I went door to door in multiple towns um, asking if I could clean their house, which is like kind of weird, but right. I don't know. It's very personal. I think the key to business is the, the key to everything is personal, intentional relationships, friendships with people.
1: Mm-hmm. Aren't you in the College of Business here? Yeah. What what are you what, what marketing is and name? advertising? Marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah. No,
1: I've seen your little business card around.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Father Bivin likes to he
1: hide just, those around. He CCM. Hides, It's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. It's like he just puts them. You like puts them
0: behind the picture frames, under the tissue box. It's so gotta funny. get a tissue and my business card comes out. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's oh, it's so it's so funny. I love it so much. No, no, I'm I'm really excited that you are a. Uh, you know, media and communications person for us. Cause I see, you know, even when you weren't all the work that you've done this year, yeah. with, you know, helping out and doing things in that particular instance.
0: Yeah. I'm mostly excited about, about the media team that I think we're forming. Um, yeah. Like how's a, that going? Yeah. There's like a group of seven people. I think we're getting coffee on Sunday. It's going to be oh, amazing. Oh, But what's great. What's going to be great about having a team is that, I have specific skills that I have to offer, but there's so much that I can't do. So first of all, they're gonna I'm gonna learn so much from them. And mm-hmm. second, they're gonna get to use their own individual talents. Um
1: And fill in those blanks, kinda. Of.
0: Fill in the blanks, yeah. yeah. Which is so fun.
1: That is really cool. I love teams. I like that a lot. I love
0: people embracing their skills.
1: Yeah. I'm a talker, so that's why I'm doing so this. So here you
0: are embracing your skills. I am embracing my skills. And skill I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is really fun um, that I'm able, and I, I appreciate the blessing and opportunity that I get to have fun doing this and talking with friends. But I'm sure that there's also fruit that comes out of it as well. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody and anybody who listens to it, uh, I'm sure, gets a little bit of something every time.
0: This is media. You can reach anybody anywhere. Well, with I this mean, podcast.
1: Seriously, there's a. Father Bibbon's brother in India listens to it. There you go. Yeah. So shout out to uh Father Bibbon Bibbins brother. I don't know his name. <laughs> Hopefully and... Jeffrey's
0: friend listened. Yeah. Last time. Oh
1: no. What was oh, Vince? You
0: gotta got follow up on Vince. I, I
1: gotta follow gotta ask Jeffrey <laughs> after this. Did Vince listen? So I guess there you go. Yeah. Little little name drop there for a few people. <laughs> no, but this is this is really fun. So thanks for coming. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. I like your perspectives and Thank you. It was was good coming on with us.
0: Fun.